What's going on, y'all? Happy Thursday and happy new year. Welcome back to the Godly Dating 101 podcast. It's your host, Tavares. I um, want to thank you guys for checking out the episode again, for constantly rocking with us, for, for subscribing, for all the shares, for all the, the nice um, comments, the great reviews that you guys are always leaving. I know Safa isn't on the episodes as much as she was in the past, but we're going to get her back on. So for all the ladies that keep saying we want a woman perspective, trust me, I know, sis, I get it. I can't speak on behalf of everyone, you know, but I thank you guys for constantly, you know, checking us out, checking out the podcast, um, for listening. And I pray that it continues to bless you, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, we want this to be a way to disciple people. We want people to be drawn closer to God. So I pray that this continues to edify you. Um, in today's episode, you know, I want to talk about something that I think is very common, I think we've all said this at some point. I know I'm guilty of saying it, but in reality, I don't think this is biblical. <laughs> you know, the saying is what God has for me is for me, you know, and that's true. What God has ordained for you, you know, God is not going to get bored and say, okay, well, I don't like Susie today. I'm going to give it to Jane or Tavares made me mad. Let me take it away. I don't think God operates like that, but I still believe that that saying is unbiblical because it makes it seem as though if something doesn't work out, that means God didn't want it to work out. When in reality, that's not always the case. I think a lot of times, you know, we don't get what we want. We'll be the first ones to be like, well, it wasn't God's will. Um, I don't think that we can necessarily put that that way because there's times in scripture, whereas God wanted something to happen. But the people were the reason why I didn't, as as we know in scripture, where it literally says that Jesus came to his own and his own received him not. So he came here for the Jews, you know, so he came here amongst his people and they rejected him. And that's why we as Gentiles, non-Jews have a chance at salvation, you know, because someone else didn't receive what they should have had. You know, so I want to mention a few things, you know, um, in regards to this topic, because I believe that that's the reason why a lot of people are still single. I believe that's the reason why a lot of people are in a victim mentality. I believe that this 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 wrong mindset is a reason why a lot of things aren't going according to plan. Hopefully this episode isn't long, but stay with us because I have some stuff for you. So number one, I believe a lack of faith can stop you from receiving what God has for you. So I know you're one to say, oh, what God has for me is for me. But if you don't have the faith for it, I don't believe that it's going to happen. And I say that because a lot of people, I know a lot of people that pray for money. You know what I mean? This isn't even my notes, but a lot of people pray for money, but they won't fill out any job application because God is their provider. What is the logic in that? God is going to provide through that job, you know, and God can give other means, you know, so God can use someone else to bless you. But if you believe God is able to provide, why wouldn't you apply for the job and trust that God is able to give it to you, even if you're not qualified? Um, but Let's look in scripture. So in Matthew 13, and I recommend you reading that for context so you can fully grasp what I'm saying. Jesus is, you know, in his hometown and he's preaching, he's teaching in a synagogue and people are amazed. You know, they're looking like, who, why did he get, you know, when, when did he get so much knowledge? Like, who, who is this guy? I think he is like, you know, like they're shocked by the great works he's doing. They're shocked by how much authority and how much how much knowledge he has about the scriptures because he's not one of their typical religious leaders. You know, so they're looking at it like, uh, you know, things are weird. So now they're questioning him 
They're like, isn't this Mary's son? Um, and it's interesting that they said that because when people say, when they're saying, isn't this Mary's son? They were implying, isn't this the kid of the woman that is claiming she had a baby without having sex? Isn't this the woman who claiming she was a, having a virgin birth? You know, so they're questioning everything about him. You know, isn't this um, James' brother, John's brother? Isn't this the brother of so-and-so? You know, so they're questioning everything about who Jesus is in general, you know? So they're like, uh, I don't get why he's thinking he's at a point where he can speak to us and thinking he can edify us and teach us. He's just a typical boy from Galilee, you know? And that's the way they're probably looking at him. And then the Bible mentions, you know, that that became an issue. You know, they're so familiar with his story that they weren't able to realize he was actually God in the flesh. In Matthew 13 and 58, it says, and he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So we see Jesus is the one casting out demons. Jesus is the one laying hands on the sick and he's the one delivering people and he's the one doing all of these great things. But he was not able to do many things in that city amongst his people because they didn't see him for who he truly was. They didn't have the faith to realize what was going on. And I believe that if they had the faith to understand that this is, oh, this is the son of God that's walking amongst us. They could have received their healing. They could have received their blessings. They could have received all those things, you know, but what happened? Jesus said a prophet doesn't get any honor in his home country. So many times he's saying that if I were to preach this, man, I, I live in Florida. He's like, man, if I went and preached this message in Georgia, everyone would be receiving the Holy Spirit. Everybody would be believing. Everybody would be convicted. People's life would be changed. But if I try to preach it at my home church, people are just like, Boy, I know what you did last week. I know, I know about you. Uh, who, who is that? Why, why is Safa husband thinking he can talk to us? And that's the mentality they were looking at Jesus like he was just a typical person. And I believe that that's the same mentality we bring to relationships. That's the same mentality we bring to life. Oh, I didn't get that job then. It wasn't God's will. No, maybe it was God's will, but you didn't have the faith to receive it. Maybe God did open a door for you, but you didn't have the faith to walk through that door. Maybe God did try to provide a husband to you, but you were telling God why that's not your husband. You know, um, many of us are guilty and I'm not here to talk about anyone's type or to tell anyone they need to settle. But what I'm saying is many times we say we didn't get something because it wasn't God's will. And I know a lot of people that are 40, 50, 60 that are single and they're waiting on God and they're not going to settle when in reality it was never settling. But you had the wrong expectation of God and you told God what you wanted instead of asking God for what he wanted for you. I think it's very much possible that God can desire something for you. God wants to bless you, wants to heal you, but you want to tell God how to bless you. You want to tell God what to heal. You want to tell God what to do. And because of your lack of faith in what God is able to do, by exceeding your expectations, then you have limited God and you stopped him from blessing you. I know that may not be popular, but you guys understand where I'm headed. That's still the truth. Um, Hebrews 11 and 6, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So if you want God to do something in your life, you have to be willing to seek after him diligently, not like casual or passive in your walk with God, but you have to be passionate about this. You have to trust him. But Or or um, like I mentioned with the jobs and you're believing God to provide a job for you. You can't just apply to one job and say, oh, if this is God's will, I'm going to get this job or else I'm moving to Atlanta. Really, bro? That, does that make any sense? No, be passionate. Do what you need to do and, and then trust God with the results. Um, number two, being distracted can stop you from receiving something from God. 
I know I've, I know a lot of us fall into this category. I know I fall into this plenty of times. Um, I think many times we get distracted by the things of this world um, that we we don't notice God at work. We don't we get distracted by our own our own expectations or our own timeline that we hinder what God wanted to do. Um, let me read this verse in Genesis 28 and 16. Jacob says, and it says this, and Jacob awaked out of his sleep and he said, surely the Lord is in this place and I knew it not. So I don't know what that is. Maybe that's, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but it says, surely, you know, God was in that place and Jacob had no idea that God was there. You know, and it's weird to me that God can be right around you and you have no clue. So God can be in the church, ready to heal someone, but you're sitting there relaxing, chilling. You're not entertained by pastor's message. So you're ignoring it or, you know, God may be willing to do something, but you're so distracted by the things of this world, you know, because Jacob was running away from his brother, you know, and he's trying not to die. You know, he just took the blessing from his brother. Right. So Jacob went, you know, his father blessed them. Isaac blessed them. And then now he went, Isaac pronounced the blessing. And as he's sleeping, God confirms that blessing in his sleep. And he wakes up out of his sleep and he's like, oh, I didn't even realize God was here. Like I'm, I'm in a situation where I'm running away from a problem and God was in the midst of the situation with me, you know, and him being distracted could have stopped it because God was trying to work on something, but he was asleep. And I believe a lot of us are asleep when God is trying to work. And I say that because many of us, Many of us, I, um, I, I want to keep it, you know, I know I want it to be about relationships, but I want you to understand the spiritual reality behind it as well. You know, we're always saying what God has for me is for me, but how many of us are distracted by wrong relationships? You know, you want a godly husband and you want a godly wife, but you're entertaining the lustful woman. You're entertaining the lustful man. You're entertaining relationships that are lukewarm. You're entertaining relationships that are unequally yoked. Um, so there's someone who, yeah, they may love you, but they don't love your Jesus. So maybe they're Muslim or atheist or Buddhist, whatever they want to call themselves, but they're not serving God with you. They're not helping you serve God. That means you're going to be distracted from what God actually wants to do in your life. Whether he, he's you know going to save them or not, the issue is you're not focused on him because you're entertaining something that pulls you away from him. That puts you in a spiritual slumber like how Jacob was, whereas God is trying to work, but he's asleep. You know, and I believe that a lot of times Christians, we forget the concept that God is able to do so much. Right. But we have to give him we have to be intentional in our walk with him. Um, it's so easy for us to be distracted by, let's just say, a Netflix or something. Um, so Netflix, yes, yeah, entertaining. But you can go from too tired to read the Bible at night to literally watching four or five episodes until one, two in the morning. Why? Because it's so easily to be distracted rather than focus on God. And that's the reason why I'm telling you this, because I want you to understand that many of us, we are in a spiritual slumber and I'm praying that you wake up. I'm praying that something that I say helps you wake up because a lot of times God does want to provide. He does want to bless. He does want to give you that good spouse. He does want to give you that good job. He does want to heal a or fix a situation. But are we paying him any attention? Are we limiting God? Are we hindering you know, what God wants to do, you know, but to each your own. I know many people are going to reject that, but I need you to wake up spiritually. But before we go forward in our, in our episode, I do want to give a shout out to, to the sponsor for today's podcast, which is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a resource that I'm telling you guys about because as Christians, many of us don't prioritize our mental health and BetterHelp is there to assist you. 
They have counselors, therapists, they'll have people that will assess, assess the needs that you have and they'll be able to target those needs um, because a lot of you guys have problems that you don't know who to speak to, but they have licensed professional therapists, you know, and a counselor that you can contact at any time. You can reach them via the phone, um, email, you know, video chat as well. They have various options. So if you're a, prefer a person that's facing depression, you know, some type of trauma or stress or anxiety, please understand that they're uh, a great resource that are that is able to help you. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So if you're feeling burdened down, I want you to enjoy a more blessed and stress-free life. As one of our listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com godly. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that is betterhelp, H-E-L-P slash dot com, sorry, slash godly. So the third thing that can hinder you from receiving what God has for you is the fact that you're willing to settle for what's convenient. I know that's slightly what I mentioned the last point, but I want you to, to follow me when I say this. Ephesians 3 and 20 says, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, which means you're praying for a good spouse. God, send me a husband. God, send me a, a wife. God, do this. God, do that. And God is like, I want to do that and more. I, I want to exceed your expectations. I want to make sure you have a godly spouse that is able to bring you closer to me. I want to make sure hey, you're not just settling with somebody just because they're in church, because not everyone in church is in the kingdom. Not everybody who claims they love God actually knows God. Not everybody who has Christian in their bio actually knows Christ. You know, So God is saying that, yeah, I want to bless you, you know, I want to exceed your expectations. And the Bible mentions that he, he, he's willing, he's able to do more. So that means all the times we limit God, I feel as though we don't understand we're stopping ourselves from being blessed. You know, so I believe it's clear that God does want to do something, but let me show you how we go wrong. There was a man named Esau who received a birth, a birthright from his father. You know, he's the firstborn child. He's the, the twin brother of Jacob um, that I just mentioned recently. Um, Esau worked as a hunter, you know, so he's out in the field. He's always, you know, he works hard. He's going to come back inside hungry. You know, he normally gets, you know, deer or whatever roadkill or whatever he does out, you know, to, to eat. He kills with his hands and his brother works inside the house. Jacob is working inside the house. Esau's dad's favorite, Jacob is mom's favorite. So now in Genesis 25, 30 through 34, it says this, Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew. This is how Esau got his other name, Edom, which means red. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son. Look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? But Jacob, but Jacob said, first you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all his rights as the firstborn to his brother Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. Esau ate the meal. Then got up and left. He showed contempt for his rights as the firstborn. Esau did a very foolish thing. He's working out in the field. He worked hard. He was so hungry. He came back inside starving. He's ready to eat something. He sees his brother whipping up some soup. And his brother is the biggest opportunist you'll find in the Bible. <laughs> you know, and his brother's like, hey, you can have the soup. You could take this warm bowl of soup if you give me your blessing. Esau's like, okay, that blessing has nothing to do for me right now. So you could take it. Just give me the soup. I, I don't want to die. You know, I'm starving. 
you know, and Esau, Jacob is like, all right, cool. I'll give you the suit. Not a problem. Just swear to me. I'm getting a blessing. And he's like, yeah, bro, here, I swear you get the blessing, <laughs> you know, and then the Bible mentions that they made that exchange. Jacob, man, I'm telling you, so, so wise. You know, he's just like, well, this is my opportunity to get what I always wanted. I wanted the first right blessing. And Esau did what we all do typically today. We forfeit what God has for us because we want something that's more convenient at the moment. God is like, I want to bless you. 2022, I'm going to do, I'm going to, God won't you know, say it like this, but like say 2022, God is going to provide that husband. And in 2021, you're so tired of waiting. You're just like, all right, whatever. I'm going to just start sleeping with my boyfriend because uh, I'm over it. Or guys, I'm going to provide that job. And you're like, hey, listen, that job not here yet. I'm about to sell some dope, you know, (laughs) and I know I'm not saying anyone, please, please don't, don't listen to this podcast and say I'm encouraging you. I'm just saying that's what we do. You know, many times we're praying for deliverance, but I believe that God is showing us what we really need is discipline. Because we cannot wait until we get the um, until God provides what he said he's going to do. You know, we're just in a rush to get what we want now. And I believe that's a problem because when we rush to get things from God, when we rush to get things that satisfy temporary needs it always pulls us away from God, because God is not in the business of giving us something that is convenient. He wants to give us something that is lasting, something that is covenant, something that won't harm you. You know, and Esau didn't care about in the future. He's just like, I want something and I want it now. And we have to understand that that shows that Esau despised his blessing because it wasn't useful at the moment. Many of us, we despise things from God because we don't, I don't see the purpose in this. So what's the point? You know, and God is trying to stop us from that because you're saying what God has for you is for you. But if you give away what God has for you, then, you know, is what do you do at that point? You know, now maybe, you know, you're listening to this podcast and it's not a, a come down on you because I'm telling you, I've been there, you know, but maybe you're that person right now. Maybe you traded in your walk with God for ungodly relationship. Maybe it's just like, all right, man, God, I've been serving you faithfully and you didn't provide that relationship. So I'm just about to go date that person in the world who who shows me attention, who's kind. Well, they're nice to me. So, you know, that's fine. Right. You know, that's what the kind of messages we get all the time. But I'm telling you, just because someone is kind doesn't mean they're in the kingdom. And you need a kingdom relationship if you want God to be pleased. You cannot entertain these things of the world because they're meant to destroy us. They're meant to pull us out of his presence. Or maybe you're sacrificing your walk with God for some other type of temporary pleasure. I don't know what your thing may be, but I believe that at this point, you shouldn't shut off the podcast, but you should be asking God, is there something in me that I need to know about that I need to stay away from? You know, I think it's something that we should take into consideration. Or maybe you're sacrificing that godly husband or that godly wife later on because you're hanging on to someone currently that he didn't send. I believe it's possible that many of us can stay in ungodly relationships and lukewarm relationships because we're tired of waiting and we just want something new. We just want to have you know someone now. And it's very much possible that God is like, but I was going to provide for you. You didn't have to settle, you know, and I know it, it, you're scared to start over. But if you don't let go of what the devil sent, how are you going to hold on to what God is trying to give you? God is trying to place something in your hands, but if your hands are full, rather than letting them go, how are we going to be able to receive from God? You know, we often say how God is so loving and merciful, but sometimes, honestly, man, we reg- we neglect the, the full truth of God. In scriptures, God is not 
always lovey-dovey, you know, I, I love you so much. My mercy endures forever. Yeah, his mercy does endure forever, but I want you to hear this. In Romans 9, 13, it says, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. God is God made it clear, like, you gave away something that was so important because you wanted temporary pleasure. And I believe that God is letting us know we need to stop giving up eternal benefits for temporary passions. Stop giving up eternal blessings and, and blessings that carry on to further generations because uh, it's a moment of weakness. And I'm not saying you won't fail. That's where, where you're going to fail. I'm going to fail. You can turn off this podcast and rest assured before the day is over, you may end up sinning again. Now, no one is saying you're going to just be perfect, but the problem is you cannot trade in your anointing, trade in your walk with God for the things of this world. You know, he hated that. I believe that God said he hated Esau, you know, because he had a blessing, but he was willing to give it away for something that just felt good for a moment. Because I can tell you, I've had some great soup in my life. There has been no soup from the day I've been born that has me full right now. Meaning it had me full when I ate it, but that's all it was good for that day. You know, and God is saying, yeah, the things in this world, it can have you satisfied that day. The next day, regret. The next day, conviction. The next day, you feeling condemned. Why? Because it only satisfies temporarily. You know, so what God has for you is for you. Yeah, that, that sounds cute, but we can trade it in if we run after temporary passions. And the last thing I want to make mention of, you can't get certain things when you're disobedient to God's word. I wanted to mention this one last because I understand whenever I mention sin and disobedience, man, people really... They come out the woodworks telling me how, how I'm legalistic, <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, I'm not really legalistic. I just, you know, take the Bible seriously, you know, and I think that is, is something that we need, we need to take into consideration because when you, when you love someone, you want to please them when you, when, because I love my wife, I don't want to hurt her. That doesn't mean I won't make her mad. That doesn't mean I won't offend her. That doesn't mean I won't do something she, she won't like. But the fact that I love her means I'm going to do my part to make sure I'm not causing an issue in my marriage. And I believe that that's how the, the way we need to look at our relationship with God. You know that God doesn't like when you curse people out in traffic because they cut you off. Why are you still cursing them out, sis? <laughs> Bro, like, put your finger back down. You know, stop cursing the people out of traffic, you know? So it's just like, it's not a matter of me feeling as though I'm loved by God because of how great I am. No, but because of how great he is, I want to strive to please him with my actions. Because Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. But there's a verse in Psalm 66 and verse 18. It says this, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. That is a couple of words, but that is powerful. Meaning if you try to harbor some sin and you try to hide those secret sins or you try to do what you want, you can say what God has for me is for me, but God is saying what I have for you is not going to be given because you are not able to receive it. You don't know how to steward it properly because you're turning to temptation every time there's an issue. You know, so you may say what God has for me is for me, but God is saying, yeah, I want to give you something. But what I have for you, God's presence is holy, right? God doesn't want to dwell in uncleanness. So if you're chasing after unclean things, you're making your temple dirty. God is looking like that's not a temple I can dwell in. You know, so that's the reason I'm letting you know that you have to take this thing seriously, you know, because many are in sin and they think God is pleased just because, you know, they said some sinner's prayer. But that's not the case. In reality, your actions are grieving his heart. And the Bible tells us not to grieve the Holy Spirit because 
he wants to dwell within you. A lot of times, let's just say pornography, for example, many people are listening, they're still watching it, but they won't watch pornography in church, right? If they go into a church building, no one is pulling up Pornhub. Why? Because they have respect for the temple of God, which is good, but they go home and they watch it. Why? Because they don't view their house as the temple, but God is saying, I view your body as my temple. I view your, so you think it's okay to not argue and punch somebody in the face because you're at church, but you're willing to do it when you see them at the gym. No, God is saying your body is my temple. So God wants us to have lives that please him so he can provide a blessing whenever, because it's not going to be in the hands of someone who doesn't have a relationship with him. You know, so I believe that, you know, it, as, as much as you may want to argue it, I believe that some blessings are contingent on our obedience to God. I believe that some things require obedience. And if we don't obey God, you know, we shouldn't expect something, you know, because we are his children and we should obey his word. But let's just think about it in case of parenting. Many of us who may be listening are parents or you may, you know, you know your parents and none of you can tell me that any of your parents, the good parents, you know, not the ones that manage you and things like that but that they didn't reward you every time you did something well, or, you know, they just rewarded you just because, just because they love you, you just got out of relationship. But anytime you were disobedient, let me tell you something. My dad whooped my butt in church whenever I was fighting. I, I cursed somebody out in church before I fought in church before. And when my dad found out, brought me to the bathroom and whooped me while all my friends are outside the door, just laughing. <laughs> and it, it is what it is. You know, I, I learned to understand like, no, you're not going to take the house of God for some joke or some circus, you know, and, you know, it took discipline. It took taking away um, games or it took, you know, removing me from certain situations. So I understood, you know, that the consequences of disobedience and rebellion leads to punishment because whom the love, whom the Lord loves, he chastens which means he disciplines, he beats, he corrects. He does it all in love, but he has to do it because if he doesn't do it, how is he going to provide a blessing to the rebellious child? You know, and I understand it's not popular, you know, especially now I'm talking about whoopings, you know, today's generation, you can't beat kids, you go to prison or something. But <laughs> I hope this podcast did make some sense to you, you know, because a lot of times we say what God has for me is for me, but there's a concept called free will. God didn't create Adam just to go sin. He didn't want Eve to just go sin, but he understands that they had their free will because true worship only comes out of free will. Because if God didn't give us free will, that means we would have been robots and we just have to do what he said. No, no, no. You have free will just like the angels did. And that's why Lucifer made the wrong decision and and the other demons, you know, end up getting kidnapped, other angels, you know, being kicked out. So we have to understand that free will can pull us closer to God, or pull us away. But I do want to thank you because this is a bit of a weird episode. If this is the first one you listened to, um, you know, I'm sorry. I love you. Happy 2021. <laughs> but, but I do want us to understand the concept that, yeah, God can have something great for you, but you have to be willing to take steps closer to God. Like in James 4 and 8, it says, draw nigh to God and he draw, draws near to you, which means God wants a relationship. But when you take a step, he's taking a step. You take a step closer to him, he's taking a step. But if you're walking away from him, he's just looking there like, well, all right, you know, what's what do we have here? You know, so I want you to understand that God is able to do great things in your life, but God is not a name it and claim it God. I don't believe in that prosperity gospel that, okay, well, 
I gave offering, so now I'm, I'm expecting a thousand dollar check in the mail. No, 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 no. If God blesses you, great. If God blesses you, it's because he loves you. God is able to bless all of us, but I want you to understand that God can have something for you, but it requires something on your part. You know, I think a lot of times we, we try to make it seem like God is withholding blessings from us. No, but our lifestyle and our actions is withholding God's hand because the Bible says that no good gift, you know, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly in Psalms. You know, so if your life is pleasing God, he's able to bless you. He's going to bless you. God can't, he can't withhold himself from loving you. He loves you too much to try to withhold things from you. But if you don't take the actions towards him. If we don't take steps towards him to let go of sin and pursue his presence, it's going to be extremely hard to please him. You know, so I hope this episode made some sense. I hope that it blessed you. And I hope to see you guys again next week, Thursday. Maybe Safa will be back. Maybe not. Prayers up that she is because I'm tired of talking so much. I promise you I am. I know y'all think I like hearing my own voice, but I don't. I really don't. You know, I appreciate you guys. I pray that you'll subscribe, share with a friend. Um, consider joining us on Patreon, and we'll be seeing you guys soon. Peace.